The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. I, uh, I'm good. I'm, I, I might, well, I'm glad you're not here because I might smell. I just came from my workout and. Oh, very cool. Well, I was like, uh, I was like, uh, I'm going to go sweaty. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the nice thing about Zoom. Welcome to Literally. Um, and by the way, if you're listening, thank you for being part of the success of the podcast. This has been kind of overwhelming, and I have only you to thank. Um, today, for those of you who think this podcast is just me and my famous friends, what's fun for me is meeting people that I'm a fan of. And we're not friends, but I'm, I know we're going to be after this talk. And Vanessa Bear is so multi-talented and her impersonations make me laugh a ton and I am looking forward to getting to know her this is what makes doing this job super fun is potentially meeting new friends so here we go where are you you look like you're in a fabulous kitchen oh yes I'm in my kitchen I'm in LA oh you are yeah yeah I moved here about a year and a half ago from New York so you fled, you fled the yeah. city that made you. Yeah, it's true. That's how you repaid it. That's how you repaid it. You're like, yeah. Saturday Night Live, the, the cultural center of New York made me and I'm taking my money and getting out. I'm just doing it. Yeah, exactly. I thought, you know, forget you guys. I'm on to the, you know, Hollywood and all of the, you know. I want to be churned up by pilot season. 
Exactly. Just get me out there so I can, you know, be a part of that. The dream factory. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, you know, dream, you know, look to your left, there's a dream, right? There's a dream, you know. <laughs> yes, someone's dream. I don't know. Someone's dream. Yeah. What, yeah. Had you, where, you're, from, you're from Ohio like me, right? Yes, yes. Also from Ohio. I'm from Cleveland, like a suburb of Cleveland. No, I'm from Dayton. So suburb, Dayton, the suburb yeah. from Cleveland is you. Uh, it's not like Chagrin Falls or one of those it is, places. It is. I'm from. Actually, my parents live in Chagrin Falls now. I'm from. No. Moreland Hills, which is right next to Chagrin Falls. I'm obsessed with Chagrin Falls. I have a fantasy that I give it all up and I move to Chagrin Falls. Really, I do. It's so beautiful. It's so funny that you didn't say Shaker because everyone says Shaker, which is also. Yeah a very popular suburb there. But Chagrin Falls is the one that was near me. I mean, we go to the falls all the time. Go to the popcorn shop and get ice cream oh. there. It's oh. so nice. It's so go, nice. Well, can we go trick-or-treating together at Chagrin Falls? Well, this is so funny. This is such a, I was just telling someone about this. We can, but the, the kids who go to Chagrin Falls High School, if you put jack-o'-lanterns in front of your house before Halloween, they take all the pumpkins and the Chagrin Falls kids do this big pumpkin roll where they roll all the stolen pumpkins down a big hill, which Ugh. I guess is sort of uh, like why, but also, I you love, know. No, 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 no. There's no why needed. It makes it makes beautiful, lovely, perfect sense to, me, to yeah. my sensibility. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. In, in, uh, when I moved from o Ohio, I, I moved to, Mal to Point Doom in Malibu, and there's a ginormous hill there. And on Halloween in Point Doom in Malibu, they would take tractor trailer tires, light them on fire, and roll them down into the kids. Wow. That's Malibu. See, I, I thought the pumpkins was sort of dangerous, but that sounds... Yeah, but thank God we had Martin Sheen in war paint from Apocalypse Now to walk up and down the streets with a baseball bat and keep the kids in, in shape. This is all true, by the way. So this is like, I went, I went from, you know, one, one place that was quasi normal to madness. Wow. Did you, did you have that when you come, when you came from like a semi normal Midwestern to, to, you went to the, to New York. So that you had that. Yeah. Well, I lived, I lived, I, I, I went to college in Philadelphia so that was like a little bit of like an East Coast thing. But then right. I moved to Chicago, which was similar to Cleveland. And then yes, when very. I got to New Yeah, so almost. As and then when I got to New York, it was like everyone was moving so quickly. And yeah. like, I remember the guy at like the bagel store getting mad at me because I was like, they're like, what do you want? And I was like, well, should I, what do you like? You know, and they're like, get, <laughs> <laughs> move it, you know, like. Just always being really slow about things and then having to, like, pick up my pace a lot. It really took me a long time. It's, you know, sort of scary. Like, I was used to just, like, really deliberating about things and kind of, like, taking my time. And that's not what, yeah. You ever spent time in, in the South? Because I'm, I was born in Virginia. And in the South, when you ask for directions, man, you better pull up a chair. You, you <laughs> better be ready to hear about the history of the road. That they, want, yeah. that they want you to take. And it's lovely. It's, but it is a, it's so funny how culturally different, um, well, because our country's so big, but it's, I, I just think asking people for directions in various cities is a great, and in, in New York, they'll like, won't even answer and they'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. They think you're trying to like pull something. 
You yeah. know, like people would like look at you like, how dare, don't talk to me. You know, people were really, I, I remember that such a memory. I, I interned a couple summers in New York when I was in college. And I just remember people would not, that was so weird to me that people would not stop and give you any direction. You were like, what? Uh, me? I look nice. <laughs> no, they didn't, you know. It, it's, it's just exactly because you do look nice. Yeah. I'm trying You're to You're untrustworthy. That. Yeah. Yeah. I know you coming at me with your Midwestern niceness. Yeah, so so off-putting. It was so weird. How do, how did you first know that you like did you have an epiphany that you wanted to do what you are doing or did it was it a gradual awakening for you? Um okay. So, well, when I I really did a lot of plays and was like a really big performer when I was, you know, really young and sort of through middle school. And then in high school, I didn't really do a lot of it. And then when I went to college, I, it's so funny to tell you. I knew that I would be telling you about this. I talk about this so much. Everybody at SNL knows about it. But I was in this all-female sketch comedy and musical parody troupe in college called Bloomers. And, um, we, and so I auditioned for Bloomers. Well, I auditioned, like, I realized when I went to college, I was like, I'm going to do, I want to, like, perform again. Like, I want to do that stuff. And there was this, there was this freshman performing arts night where they, they, all the different performing arts groups were like, we need people, come see. And they did, like, a little taste of what they do. And then they, like, passed out flyers and were like, please come audition. And they made it sound like they all really needed people to audition. So I auditioned for bloomers, but I also auditioned for like a couple acapella groups because I thought they, I wasn't really a singer, but I thought they needed people. So like those auditions went so, I mean, those auditions, everyone was auditioning with like pop songs. And I did like give my regards to Broadway and amazing (laughs) because the last time I had auditioned was in like sixth grade. So I was like, that's what you do in an audition. Whereas everyone. (laughs) You sing dated show tunes in an audition. That's what you do. So everyone, I'm sure, thought I was so. Anyways, those went horribly. As you and the the line was like a hundred people. Like it was this group off the beat oh. that's like really popular. That oh. I didn't know. I was coming from Cleveland. I didn't know that like you know that these acapella groups like recorded albums every other year and stuff. So I you thought, thought it was like a barbershop quartet. You yeah, thought it'd be thought, like old and square. Yeah, and I thought, look, if, if you need people, I, I can carry a tune. So anyway, so I auditioned for those. <laughs> those went horribly. But then I auditioned for Bloomers, and they had us do, even though it was a sketch comedy group, they had us improvise a bunch of stuff. And it went, like, really well. And I, and then I sort of, it sort of, and then I got in, and then it registered to me, and I did it for the rest of college. That, that was sort of, like, other than school, I was pretty good at school, like, studying and doing well in school. But other than that, it was, like, the first thing I was, like, really, I could feel that I was, like, sort of mm-hmm. good at it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it sort of clicked with me then. Well, I, you, you also proved one of my great theses is that the funnier somebody is, the smarter they are. I really, I really believe that. That's so nice. Yeah, no, I, I, I really, I, I really truly, I've never met anybody who was hilarious who also, who also wasn't really smart. And wow, like, yeah. I've met a lot of people who are functional morons who are fantastic yeah. dramatic actors. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to name names, but yeah. I think you could probably figure them out. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm starting to think of them. I won't say any out loud, but I'll sort of think right? about it. And, yeah. But I, I defy you. Tell me one person who's hilarious. You're like, who's not boy, very they, smart? Ooh, but they're so dumb. You yeah, never that. right. 
Right, right. That's, I think that's true. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. By the way, I, I don't know what it means. I mean, I'd like to do, if I, if I were, I'd like to, somebody should write a term paper. Somebody out there who's young and smart and ambitious, please write a term paper on that thesis and send it to me because I would like to know why that is. But I double dog dare you to disprove it. Well, you know, this is a this this is a great transition for me because I wanted to tell you because I don't think you and I have ever met before, but I I my brother and I and my family the way I know you is from Tommy Boy because that was yeah. our favorite. I mean, like. And it was so fun listening to David Spade on your podcast because I just want, I mean, I guess the transition I was making, and now it feels like kind of unnecessary, but the transition I was making is that like, even though you may perceive me as smart, I like that movie a lot, which is actually smart. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. By the way, that's genius. You may think I'm smart, but I like Tommy Boy. (laughs) So there. That's my favorite movie. So I've probably, we've probably watched it we watched it so many times and like to the point where like my whole family, my dad says like son of a, when he like hits something, like not even on purpose. And, and you're just so great. And you were so great in Wayne's world too. But like, you have to understand that those movies like were the, to me, like there's nothing better in the world. And you are so good. And my brother was texting me just now being like, these these Italian shoes are worth more than your life. Uh, <laughs> and I go, I know, I'm so excited. So um, I love that. Just, you're so you're so amazing in those movies, and I don't think I, I just it's so fun to me. And again, I know you have like your career is so much bigger than that, but just not really. I mean, that's pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. But you, you would. By the way, can I just say after that, we're friends. We're because Great. I keep it. Okay. I keep it really simple. I like people who like me. I, I, that's my entire like like prism through which I decide if I like anything. I, it I makes mean, life really easy. Really easy. It sounds like it. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to adapt that for myself. I'm telling you, you can't really go it's, wrong. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, why be fighting with the, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, that's not a hill to die on. Yeah. Believe me. No. Well, yeah. Um, um, you, you, so the yeah, Tommy boy. Okay. So it's funny. Every damn podcast this comes up, he's the great white whale. I mean, that you got to talk about Lauren, Lauren Michaels. I mean, he's, cause I, look, I love having you on the show because I, you're funny and I love having funny people. And I love anybody from SNL at any era, because at the end of the day, it all comes back to do, can your Lauren stories top mine? Right. That's right, really right. 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 That's right, right, really. Right. It's like it. And you know what? I've spayed, and we all do it. Do you have? Do you have? Do you have a Lauren story? You <sighs> that you can share without fear of retribution. Well, I, I'm thinking this isn't a specific story, but every time I would do the bar mitzvah boy on SNL, best ever, he, greatest. Oh, thanks so much. Greatest. He would. He would say like. Steven Spielberg texted. He loved it. Like he, he was always (laughs) very, he was always, and one time I was at a party, we were at a holiday after party and he was like sitting with Steven Spielberg and Paul McCartney and they're all like, we love the bar mitzvah. Like it was so, I mean, so I guess those are just me bragging. They're not really stories. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. That's not (laughs) bragging. Listen, the other thing is an ethos that I also swear by is it ain't bragging if you've done it. Okay. Ty, okay. Fair. Ty Cobb quote. Ty Cobb quote. But okay. Okay. I love that. 
But so that would always be cool that he would always tell me that Steven Spielberg was um, texting oh. him. And then, and then to, to, I know you love Paul, to Paul McCartney would be like, you know, I can't do the impression. Like I was just Mine, oh, Mine's horrible. I, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, little, it's like, let, and not yeah, at all like Paul that's McCartney. That's not bad. I don't think that's bad. That, I got sort of famous at SNL for doing bad impressions. Which I, I mean, that. I mean, accents, bad accents, and I guess impressions too. But, but, um, but he would be like, you know, what's my favorite? You know, the look at mine was really bad. But he, Paul McCartney, really liked it too. Anyways, those were I the most that. amazing. And actually, when Paul McCartney was the musical guest, my parents came, and uh, and we they came to the dress rehearsal show and my brother they came to the dress rehearsal show and the live show and i went to take them on the floor to watch him play at the dress rehearsal show cuz i knew it would be less crowded on the floor yeah. and we went in the door by like wardrobe and and paul mccartney was waiting to go on and so he was like right there and my parents like my mom and was like starting to like freak out and he was so nice he was like he was like, nice to meet you. Like he was like, my, I guess oh. my dad was like, hi, Paul. And he was like, nice to meet you. And then to calm my mom down, he was like, I'm in a sketch with your daughter, you know, because oh. I was introducing that. And then, and then we saw them perform. And my mom, like, my mom was like jumping around like she was like, I like saw my mom be a teenager again. It was mm. so crazy to see her just revert. Like, um, that so stuff sweet. is so crazy. I mean, that is the craziest stuff. Like, it, where else would that ever happen? I mean, I just, uh, yeah. No. And that Lauren is friends with those people, and he's so sort of, like, generous with just taking them around. I mean, it's just so, and he's so, you know, they're all such great people. It's so, yeah. I mean, I know you've talked about this before, and I don't know him well, but how? But Paul McCartney's just, like, the uh, sweetest, he's, nicest. He's the nicest he, it's like, I was, and, and I, and I, and I'm an acquaintance. I know I'm like, if we ran into each other, be like, hello, how are you? And we would catch up a little bit, but that's sort of the extent of it. But I, I don't know anybody as culturally significant or as legendary or as accomplished as Paul McCartney, who is also the nicest, most yeah. um, like accessible, generous. And here's, well, I, I also like, you know, I was like, is it like, this is Elton. John, like they're yes. up on everything. Like they would know about Bar Mitzvah Boy. Like that's yeah, on their radar. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, we had Elton John hosted when I was there, which was so cool. Um, but it's so funny when you have someone like that host who you respect so much because you're like, they're like, you have to pitch them such dumb ideas. You know, our ideas mm. don't get any smarter just because the host is really distinguished. So it was like just pitching him. I think something we wrote, he didn't even want to do at the table because it was so stupid. <laughs> like we, we, I mean, but he was so great. He was so nice. But um, that's what people don't re people don't realize about SNL. Maybe they do is that you, as a writer or a performer, you have to sit in front of that host and tell them ideas that you think are funny for them. Yeah, and, yeah. And it is literally. It can be like. Speaking of Steven Spielberg, it can be like the opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan, where they put the put the gate down and you are eviscerated before yeah, you even have a chance yeah, to get off yeah. of your seat. It can be yeah. like that, literally, right? It's like, you know, they just mow you down. And then I and mean, then other other hosts are really cool. Yeah, totally. But you know, yeah, you're yeah, it, it's so funny when you find yourself pitching to someone who you just 
respect and adore. And you just, your idea is like, it's maybe it's a thing about like, you have a problem with gas and, you know, you know, like, it's just like your ideas are so you're pitching them these ideas. Okay. Give me your best (laughs) celebrity encounter and then give me your worst and name names. The thing is, I can't, I can. Oh God. Already with that. I know. I can give you some best, but I can't, I feel too bad giving a worst. Just give me initials. (laughs) All right. Okay, give me best. I, this is this is actually a fun. This is not a bitchy podcast, although I I can be a huge bitch. I no, I I would love to. I just feel like it's I. I mean, you learn at SNL to not, you know, shit talk anybody because it's too. Right. Sc- I mean, there are so many bests. So I'm sorry to say that, but I'm trying to think of. Um, Oh, well, you were, listen, them. one of the, my favorite things about you is you you were an intern on Sesame Street. Everybody knows those people are fucking assholes. Sesame Street. <laughs> kidding. Serious. Kidding. Kidding. Obviously. I'm kidding. Can you imagine? Just notorious. It's one of the great secrets of yes. show business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like of no course. one likes to talk about it because it's so beloved. But right. you know that place is rife. Yes. With nightmares. The, the nastiest. Yeah. <laughs> Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky? Same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment? There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. Look, I love California, Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog. While you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy, every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer, every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way 
to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. All good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. I remember being in, I've done the math. I would have been in kindergarten or maybe the beginning of first grade and getting what they used to call the weekly reader. Yeah. And they announced this show called Sesame Street was going to be on TV like the next month. I remember it vividly. And yeah. then turning on and watching it and just, I, I mean, it's, I mean, that was Sesame Street and then Saturday Night Live. I mean, that kind of, uh, that's that's my TV, you know, thing. What was it like to work on it? Well, I, to be honest, I was there over the summer when I was interning, so they weren't in production. So we got to go to the studio one day and that was so emotional, but the the yeah. puppets weren't out. So it was just, but just being there was so cool. But um, it was really amazing. And I remember that summer, it was the summer that, they came out with the HIV positive Muppet for South mm. Africa. And it mm-hmm. like broke on the news because they thought it was going to be in the U. And it was like this whole big thing. But it was really cool that they were doing that. And it was like, they're just the smartest people. I mean, yeah. we yeah. we would, I went, I went into, they, you know, they do research in school. So I went with them one day to go into a school and they tested all these storyboards with kids to see if they were You're getting kidding. the right lessons. Yeah, they, like every episode takes something, I might be saying this wrong, so please don't, but every episode takes something like a year or something because it's so much research goes into it. Like they test because they want to make sure the kids are getting the right lessons from everything. It's like, so everything is so educationally, you know. Do you know what I learned from Sesame Street? Don't carry a bunch of cakes and walk down a staircase. (laughs) Really? Fall. Do you remember that? By the way, they've excised those bits from the modern Sesame Street. It was like five strawberry shortcakes. And it was, you have five cakes and you learned the number five. And then the guy would trip and just eat shit coming down the stairs. I don't remember. Yeah. The early Sesame Streets were unbelievable. Yeah. Because there was a lot of physical comedy and, and they, 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 because it's, He's clearly getting hurt. I mean, this guy wipes out. It's hilarious. Yeah. But they, they took it out. Doesn't Cookie Monster eat like something else now? I think he really does. I think he oh my, eats no like no way. So yeah, he's the celery is he? He's not the celery monster now. Well, though. I don't know. I I don't think he has cookies anymore. What? I don't know. Wait, what? I'm 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 so I'm ninety nine percent sure <gasps> of this. Well, by the way, just knowing in the the era in which we live, of course that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I also now want to commit. Like, I want to jump off of a building. That is It's so, it's such a bummer. 
It's more fun with cookies. I have my new obsession is thinking about what the cookie monster in today's day and age, what would be politically acceptable. And, you know, I think you could literally, if you looked it up, I think it's, I think it's out there, but I don't remember what it is. It might be carrots or something. It's not the carrot monster. That's kind of a world. I just don't want to, I do not want to live in a world. In a world where there's a. Where there's a carrot monster. I, 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 I understand. Call me, call me crazy. Um, I also want to ask you about um, Rachel Green, about your Jen Aniston. Oh, yes. And, and you, and you did, you did, you actually, I was there when, um, who did I have when I was hosting and they were, I think, no, I think it was visiting and Pal- and, and Tina met Sarah Palin and had to do Palin. Oh, that was such a huge thing. That was huge. But listen, when you have a, a signature character like that and then you meet your, your, the person, how, what, what was it like? That it was, I mean, I had met her before. The, the craziest one was Miley Cyrus because I had never met her before. And I was doing this Miley Cyrus impression and she, and it wasn't not like that it wasn't flattering, but it was like, you know, we both have really big mouths and it was kind of, that's kind of like most of the impression. <laughs> and so, um, and so, uh, she came to the show and then she host she hosted and like, I remember doing the rehearsal and I was like imitating her and I don't even know if I could still do it, but it was like, it's pretty cool. I'm Alessaris, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, that's, so I'm doing that. And she's like standing Amazing. behind me. And it was, I remember being so freaked out. And then we were rehearsing it later and her mom and her sister were on the floor. And um, her mom was like, her mom was so nice about it. Her mom was like, you know, we love the Miley Cyrus show. It keeps us laughing, you know, for hours. And I remember telling my parents about it. My dad was like, I think, really? Because I feel like if I were her parent, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be a little fat. But it was never, it was always out of love. You know, it was never, that's the thing I, I do think also is really great about Lauren is that in general, he never wants any of those impressions to be mean. done in like a mean way. Yeah. Yeah. But that was really crazy. And because also she was so young. I think she was like 18. It's like a lot to have to like have someone like impersonating you and whatever. Anyways, she was always such a good sport about it. But I do think, um, but that was so nerve wracking because I'd never, it was my first season. I think it was my first season. And I, I just like, it was, you know, her whole family was there and it was just, so that was really nerve-wracking. But Jennifer Aniston, I had met her doing this movie like the summer before she came on. And I had, I had just done Rachel Green once on the show. And she knew about it. And we sort of talked about it. And I couldn't totally tell how She was so nice, you know, but I couldn't totally um, tell. I don't know. But she was just really nice about it. And then, um, and she's, you must know her. She's do you, I do. Yeah I, yeah, I do. She's great. She's great. She's like so lovely. And so then she, she, she was, she, she decided to come on to do, um, to do, uh, to be herself next to me being Rachel Green. And it was like the most fun thing. It was, it was one of my favorite shows ever because first of all, I had this Rachel wig and she came with Chris McMillan, her hair. Well, that's really what I wanted to ask you about, because Chris McMillan is, I mean, he should have his own show. That guy. So Chris McMillan, he created the, the Rachel. Yes. Yes. The haircut. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the haircut that launched a thousand ships. He, he's, he's 
so amazing. And the two of them came together and I had met him when we had done this movie. We did this, I did, was, had a small part in this movie office Christmas party that she was in. And so, so that's kind of where I met him and her. That's where I met her. Okay. And then, and then they came to do SNL and they were, it was so fun seeing them. They like had such specific ideas. I have photos. I mean, I have video of them like blow drying the wig and like styling it. And even no when it was way. on me, I have a photo of Jennifer Aniston, like, like moving it around because she like, didn't think it was like falling right. Like they, it was so fun. Like it, she's so, she was such a good sport about it. She's so, it, it, it was, but it's so funny to see her see the, the wig and be like, this is how it should go. Like, this is, you know, oh, <laughs> it's really great. It's it like a behind so the scenes, behind the scenes recreation of the, of the Rachel. Yeah. T- historical yeah. moment. And also to go out as, as Rachel in update and know that the audience is just going to flip out when she comes out. She's so beloved, you know? So yeah. she came out and they just like lost their minds. It was so fun. Those moments where, where you know, on, on one of the episodes I did, we, we were going to have, um, uh, I've got, I'm just blanking on his name, who did it? The Joe Pesci show. Like it was the famous... Joe Pesci show sketch and yeah. we had, and we had Pesci come out and the audience went nuts. And then De Niro came out. Wow. And the place like that studio blows up. Yeah. It literally blow yeah. it. It, it entered, it's explosive. And you know, it's, I, you don't get those things in, anywhere else. You just don't get to experience that as a, as a performer anywhere else. Really? Yeah. It's so fun. I mean, it, that, Space is actually a lot smaller than I think most people think it would be, you know? Mm-hmm. It seems so much bigger on TV. And, yeah, when something like that happens, and it's amazing, like, everyone wants to be there. Like, people, everybody will come and do something. And, um, yeah, it just, that when it explodes like that, it's so fun. I was, uh, I had Mike uh, Myers on on the podcast, and we didn't even get around to talking about the time we I came to watch him do uh, Coffee Talk and Barbara Streisand came on. I remember that episode. He Was he surprised by it? Did he not know about it? Or am no, I making that I, up? I actually, you know what? I actually think they might have kept it for Mike. I think you're right. I, and I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Yes. I think Mike was surprised. I think that, yeah, I think because they hid her. She was hiding in the green room beforehand. I remember watching that and being... It was that was so amazing. It's so fun when that stuff happens. And what do you, and when you're done doing a show like that, do you have a do you have a what was it like for you to get into that next chapter? When I left the show, when I left the show, yeah. I think I I really think I was sort of ready to leave. You know, it yeah. was the end of my contract. It had been seven seasons, and um, and I really feel lucky. Like I feel like. I sort of got to do the stuff that I wanted to do and was able to sort of like keep keep sort of a thing going where I where I was able to come up with new stuff every year like towards that we finally got it on at the end of my last season this um this weather woman who has like a hard time speaking and this <laughs> we did it my third to last and my last show like we I got to do it twice and I didn't do it till my third to last show so it was like always coming up with these these things. And then I felt like I was sort of ready because it is like 
as much as it's like so exciting and fun, the hours are so crazy. You know, it's, you know, it's like, it's so hard to like sustain that lifestyle. I just don't understand. Like everybody stopped doing the Coke years ago on that show. I know. Why do they keep the Coke hours? Yeah. Why? The Coke hours. I don't, I think Lauren really loves tradition. And so that's the way it started. So that's how he, but, but I know it's such crazy hours and, um, you know, yeah, it just is. It's fun to go. I mean, for, it wouldn't be fun to do it every week, but to go in and, and, and just pull all nighters like you're in college writing. Yeah. And you're like a grown yeah. adult making a television show it makes zero sense. But yeah. It is kind of, and you get giddy. Or maybe, you know, there's a madness to it because the giddiness of it's four in the morning. Yeah. And we're, or, and we're ordering a pizza. Yeah, totally. Totally. It, it, like that's where, you know, the madness, that's where you come up. I know. What about a weather person who can't speak? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a that's not a a, a four thirty in the afternoon idea. Right. I don't think. Right. Right. But it might be a four thirty in the morning idea. Right. Exactly. Like you go through so many different phases as a cast member there because like you know it's really exciting when you're new but you don't know if you're doing and you know and it's I, the, one of my favorite things and he told it on your podcast was at the fortieth anniversary David Spade told me that story about. Um, John, seeing John Lovitz and saying like great show and he and John Lovitz is like I was only in two things I don't know if you and and yeah. David Spade was like I don't care that whenever I see you I'm like delighted I'm not counting what you're in and then David said like that t- a couple weeks later he was exactly like that yeah, exactly. it's so funny because that happens to every you you know from watching the show that you don't care how, you're not counting and so it's like you go through that phase I think by my sixth or seventh season I had figured that out like I had been like I was like oh they, they don't really care. like no one's counting the way you are um, right. but you just go through, it's such a roller coaster of like, and you're just so neurotic too, like while you're in it. And even when I watch the show now, I can, I'm so in the heads of people going like, they're probably mad about this. They're probably thinking that, you know what I mean? Like I yeah, just yeah, can yeah. still feel, you know, what, what everyone's, yeah. Did you ever have moments where at the end during the goodbyes, you're like, fuck this host. I don't want to be anywhere near them and like try to be off camera. Or conversely, where you're like, I'm going to make sure my face is right up there at the end. That like I, yeah, I'm there kind was- of fascinated with where people stand at the goodbyes because I think you can read all kinds of behind the scenes intrigue into where people choose to be at the end of the show. There was an episode where I can't remember who the I can't remember the host's name, and um, that's probably good because I'm going to say something negative. Although I don't. Uh, and no one, he had gotten in trouble for, I think, some kind of domestic abuse or something. Yeah. And none of us wanted to, none of us were really thrilled that he was hosting. And none of the women wanted to be near him for good nights because none of us wanted to hug him. So if you watch the good nights with him in it, it looks like he's, it's an all-male show because the women <laughs> are just all around the periphery of the stage. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. I think if you just go back, look very carefully, you can see a lot of drama. You can see a lot of that kind of stuff. But I but always like the always like 
I wanted to like go up there, especially my first season. I just, the, you know, the bigger the host, I just wanted to go up there and hug them for like, I just was so, cause yeah. it's also the part that your friends and family are the most excited about. Like if you're, if you get to hug someone cool during good nights, that's, that's all anyone cares about. <laughs> that's so, it's so sweet. It makes perfect sense. I had, for whatever reason, I had two people crash my good night who weren't on the show. We're an affiliate. Wow. Twice that's happened to me. The the uh the first the last time it happened, it was Brendan Fraser. Wow. Who uh, yeah. Who and and he was and I'm going, good night, thank you. I want to thank everybody. And in the in the background, he's yelling, bedazzled! 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 Do you know Which, why? He had a movie called Bedazzled that was opening that weekend. Wow. All I can think of, I've, I've, I've spent many years trying to figure out what was going on with Brendan that night. And what I, the nearest I can come to is that he was somehow promised a, wa- a walk on during the show and the show ran long. And he just was like, fuck it. I'm going, I'm going to go up and yell bedazzled behind Rob Lowe's hand. Um, But, and then the, the, the bedazzled. By the way, have you, he's really good in Encino Man. I don't know if you've watched it again. I am not aware of the brilliance of Encino Man. Tell me more. It's, it's um, Polly Shore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when Polly Shore is kind of in his heyday and, and he, do you know the premise of it? He's a, they um, they find yeah. a caveman who yeah. like in which is yeah. genius. I love, I'm in for the premise. In Encino and then he becomes Encino man. Well, I mean, great, it's making it's me laugh. Pretty just great. About the I making it's funny. But he's so he Brendan you're like this is a Polly Shore movie. It's not a it's a Brendan Fraser movie. He's so good in it. Like he's so funny in it. My friends and I watched it a few years ago. We were like, kudos to Brendan Fraser. Okay. I'm, uh, no, by the way, that sounds actually really genius. It truly, I'm not He's, kidding. It, it's not an easy role to play, you know, a caveman. Oh, I can't imagine it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you don't see Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. You know, what's his Neanderthal like? But right. Not, not as good. Uh, yeah. Also, I don't want to hang out with that guy you know, backstage or what? Doesn't he stay in character? I don't know. Yeah, he'd be in character. He'd be cobbling shoes yeah. in the background. Yeah. Um, that then the first time I, I somebody um, jumped in on my goodbyes was Chevy. Wow! Wow! It was Chevy, who yeah I, has a very complicated, to put it mildly, relationship with the show and everybody. Right. And I don't. I don't think he'd been there, and I. I never did know why. It was really sweet. It was great. It was, yeah. but I, he was, he, he, I think he'd been around that week and was checking stuff out and was like, I'm just going to go up. And, and, you know, people went crazy and was happy to see him, but it was like my idol. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty, I, I don't, I'm trying to think if he came in and visited maybe for the 40th anniversary, he, he was there for the 40th, I think, but, um, he didn't, I feel like Dan Aykroyd, when I was there, came back oh. the most, which was so cool. And then oh. I think Bill Murray a couple times, which was also so cool. Like, you know, getting to meet those people, it's like insane. I mean, even like 
those people, it's so crazy. And then the people from when I was a kid watching it, you know, like when Dana Carvey hosted, it was like, mm-hmm. this is the cr- craziest thing in the world. And he was so, like, it, it's so crazy to meet those people because you're just, um, it's like the thing that Lauren says is that your favorite cast is the cast from when you were a kid. Like, yeah. it, it, it always mm-hmm. is. Like, no one. Yes. And so just to to meet those people is like, it it actually also makes you realize that you're there, like more, like is a reminder of like how crazy it is that you're there. Yeah, it's it's such a great parlor game, and it's kind of like, you know, boomers bemoaning today's music. You know, it's that same right. thing. Is like it's same with music. the 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 best music is the music that that was around when you were 17 years old. It's the yeah. Same, same with the cast of 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 SNL for for sure. But that said, when I Dan, being with Dan and Tommy Boy was a, like a career highlight. I mean, oh my god! I mean, I did Bassomatic in my sixth grade talent show. For God's sakes! Oh my god, that's so yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you had a bass? You wanted to do whatever the hell it was, and then you. I still can't. Was, I still am so. It's still so fun that you were in those movies. I mean, you're so great in those movies. I know I already said that. I don't mean to bring us back no. to that, but. <laughs> You're oh, just please. so <laughs> more, more. You're, no, you're just so good in the. It's such a good for. It's so great. Wow. Yeah, you know, and that's that's listen and thank you. And that's all, Lauren. It's all, Lauren. Really, I mean, I I hosted the show because it was it was like a moment in time where like you know there are certain hosts where you know they're hosting because they're funny, and there are certain hosts you know they're hosting because they're having a moment in time, right? Right. You know what I mean? And, I do. And I, but yeah. And so I was sort of having a moment in time and, and but we, there was a, a sketch that went really, really, really particularly well. And, and Lauren loved it and we connected and then it just, he was like, I could see him going, oh, this guy's like funny. And we built that relationship and, you know, it was all Lauren's doing, putting me in those movies. But I, that, I'm sure, but it's also like you, you were so funny that you could do that. You know what I mean? Like those, you can't be in a funny movie that's like, you're so funny in it. Like he oh, saw thanks. that in you, which is why he did that. And I just like, you're so good in those. It's it's like, yeah, it's just really great. So my I don't. Girl, need I mean, feel, I'm telling so you. So I don't need. Yeah. So I don't need. I don't need to feel bad about my um, good-looking, rich dick comedy villain era. No, it's that's what I. That's no. Usually you say you go, Rob, because you are a good-looking, rich comedy dick. So <laughs> yeah. why would you ever that's feel what bad I was about saying. who you are? Yeah, <laughs> right. Right back after this. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra tough toys from Super Chewer. We give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob. 
for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. That is the one thing I liked about Tommy Boy, perhaps more than all of them, because he was a poor, good-looking comedy dick. See? Right. Do you see my versatility? Right. See how yes. versatile it is? Yes. See? I mean, it was yeah. a real stretch. Right, right. A different socioeconomic class. That's right. That's so that right. takes a lot of, So I, I mean, you, you put what I'm playing in Wayne's World against what I'm playing in Tommy Boy, and they are just <laughs> right. diametrically opposed. Right. Right. It is. I mean, it is funny. It is, thinking about it, it is funny that you're that guy. In all those yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's really funny. And you're so good at it. Nobody, you know, no one was like, didn't. <laughs> didn't he play that exact same part? In, in fact, every- it's so funny because I forgot about Wayne's World for a second. Then I was like, oh, my God, of course, Wayne's World. Because I think give you so much from Tommy Boy. But it, they are similar and ne- never, uh, you know. What's well, so I was I was so happy finally when Mike wanted me to do Young Robert Wagner because I was like, oh, okay, that's weird and off off very off the beaten path. It's more it's more of a challenge to you to stay in it in the voice yeah. for the whole 
It is. It is, and it's like you said. I like your. You said about Miley, Miley Cyrus. A lot of it is just <laughs> having a big mouth. My, yeah. My Robert. My no, it is. But it's true. My Robert Wagner thing is that his head does not move independently from his neck or his body, which is by the way not true. He doesn't. I don't know. That's not an affectation he has. But when I do Robert Wagner, he is incapable of moving his head from his body. I don't know why that it just works. It's great. I mean, that's the best stuff about impressions is like, is like your take on it as opposed to, you know, if it's accurate, what? you know, I'm, and yours is very accurate, by the way. I'm not saying it's, but like also your, the things that you pick to really. That's what I love. I love when people's takes are not ju- like, you know, I, and I love Gerald Hammond. Gerald Hammond's amazing. Yeah. He, he, he's, he, his Al, Daryl Hammond's Al Gore might be one of my favorite impersonations on the planet. Yeah, it's and so good. It's so good. And then I, I mean, do you think you'd be bummed on it now where it feels like they, they, they bring in the famous people and I love Alec and he's been on the podcast. He's a great friend. Yeah. But like, what if you're on, what if you're on the show and you have a Trump in you and you're like, fuck, it's, Jesus. it's the thing that I notice the most is, I, it's not the thing I notice the most. It's the thing that I think probably, but that I noticed that probably bugs the cast the most is, you know, um, it's so exciting to have all of these huge celebrities come on and play these parts. But I, yeah, when you're in the cast, I think you're like, I want to do, you know, I want to do those parts. And, and it's a, it's, I understand why they bring all those celebrities on. It's so exciting and so cool, but you know, the cast really are like the, they're so funny and they're so ready to do those parts. And so I, you know, it's, I'm always feel mixed when I see that stuff because I'm like, oh, this is really cool to see this. But as a former cast member, you're like, just let, can you just let one of them do it? <laughs> you know, it's so, right. Yeah. No, 100%. I know. It's become more, I think. I mean, I left, I guess I left three seasons ago. I've been off for three seasons now. And I think it's become more. I, I don't. For sure. We would have people come in, but not to the level of it is now. It that it is now. Not well, and, and that's the, also the the um, evolution of what of the ethos of the show as a, as a SNL nerd is like. You realize, you know, it's like there was no memorabilia. Like that was verboten. You do, right. There's just not happening. Not doing it. We're not selling out. Now there's, and I'm not saying that the show's sold out, sold out, but Lauren, there's a reason why the show's still on. Yeah. After I mean, 40 years. And that is that, that, you know, Lauren knows what hill to die on and what hill not to. And yeah, I mean, there are hosts now. In fact, if I have a knock on the show, it's the hosts. And there are people who've hosted for years now that would never been allowed within 30 yards of that studio. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just, it it just was like, yeah, we like famous people for sure. And we want, always want famous people. But if you're not legit funny, you're not on the show. And that's not the case. They'll prop anybody up now. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, it's been on for such a long time and it's like figuring out those ways to keep it like. Commercial, it's at the end. In the zeitgeist, yeah. and that—that's what's so br- br- brilliant about about Lauren is like, you know, he knows when to eat shit and when not to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
really. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like, okay, at the end of the day, I want it to be as good as it can be, but having a brilliant genius show that's canceled doesn't do anybody any good either. Right. Right. Totally. And he's, it's been, it's been great. Tell me about your new show you're working on. I'm working on the show for Showtime. So we were about to film the pilot and then, um, and then, you know, this pandemic happened. Um, so we're figuring out when we'll film it, but it's basically, it's loosely based on my life because, um, when I was in high school, I had leukemia. I'm totally fine Mm. now, but, um, and so it's based on someone who, uh, who I will play, who is a, is a survivor of childhood cancer, who goes on to live her dream of being um, a host on like a QVC style home shopping network. Amazing. Which is something that I love. I love it. I, oh, of course. Uh, when I was a kid, do. I used to watch it a lot. Who's your favorite QVC host? I have two. Okay. One is Jane Treach. Treach. I don't know if you pronounce her last name, Treacy or Treachy. Mm-hmm. Jane. And the other is Mary Beth Rowe. And they're both still on. And I used to watch them when I was a kid. And then my writing partner and I, who, who Jeremy Byler, we both went and we did a tour of QVC like three years ago now. And we got to meet them. And we got to like sit down with them for like an hour. And um, they were so nice. They told us so many stories that were so, I mean, just the most, because, you know, they're, they have really nice um, temperaments. Like they're so sweet, but then they would tell us, you know, we'd be asking them about like getting crazy callers. And yeah. And one of them was mm-hmm. like, yeah, someone would call in and they'd just be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? And they just had to, I don't know. It's hard to, but they just were, they're so, um, so comforting. So, funny. I just, I think it's, I love it. I love everything about it. Who are your favorites? Do you have favorites? I don't, unfortunately, I don't know. I, I'm obsessed when the celebrities come on and, 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 and hawk their wares. That's amazing. Kind of my favorite. It's amazing. And, and I also like where it's clear that they've dolled it up in a way that that they're they're trying to make it feel like they're not slumming so so like it's all gauzy shot with like fuck long lenses and every you know what i'm saying it's like it's 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 like so they don't feel like they're on qvc but meanwhile they're on qvc but you can just feel the celebrity going like i don't want it to seem like i'm on q that 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 part really makes me laugh a lot there, you know, Catherine Zeta Jones has a line called Casa Zeta Jones. Of uh, it's like home, it's like homeware. By the way, it's the greatest name ever. Okay, it's that's pretty. The I mean, it's pretty Casa smart. Casa Zeta Jones. Casa Zeta Jones. I, I fold my hand. I was watching it with her, and it was so funny because she's such a huge celebrity, and she was on, and it was like. You could tell the host was like very excited, you know, rightfully so to be on with her. But then people were calling in and it was like it was like added this new element where like callers call in to talk about the product. But they were also kind of calling in because they wanted to talk to Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just like such a weird it just like such a huge celebrity to be on there and just seeing how everyone adjusts their behavior and are sort of like trying to like keep it cool while it's like, you know, it was just, um, 
it's she, it's, she's like, yeah, yeah, it was it was great working with Antonio Banderas in that movie. But this ottoman that I'm here to talk about yeah. today is yeah. made of fibers from the yeah whatever, right? Yeah, it's yeah, I, I I it it reminds me of when I did um, a telethon, and we were yes. and and like the the the, the big. And, and George Clooney was running it. Was my favorite part of it. And 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 George would sort of deign who he wanted to go on camera. And if if you pass Clooney's thing, then you got to go on camera. But if you didn't, you were relegated to the bleachers and where the phone banks were. And in, and then you would be answering phones. And the, so of course I was the bleachers and um, uh, next to Johnny Depp. And um, people would call. And they'd be like, all they would really want was to talk to Johnny Depp and like, or they'd be like Renee Zellweger. So it became this thing of everybody handing the phone to everybody else who just didn't really want to donate to anything, really. They just, <laughs> yeah, but right, they did, right. but they knew, they saw that I was sitting next to Johnny Depp and it was, it was just madness, mad, madness. Total but, madness. I mean, yeah, it's a great, it, it's, it's just blindly calling in to see if they can, I thought that the Jerry Lewis telethon was like the Academy Awards. Yeah. When I'm a, yeah. like a eight-year-old in Dayton, Ohio. I just, it was the height of glamour to me. I also remember going, like figuring if I, they're like, and don't, you can donate here. And I thought that if I went and donated there, that I'd get to see Jerry Lewis and the telethon. No concept. Right. It wasn't when being shot in Dayton, Ohio on my local television network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I remember asking my my uh, dad to take me down because I wanted to donate. And he probably thought he had this wonderful son who was, you know, wanted to be charitable. I just wanted to see stars and see telephone. And I got there and there was a, I remember there was a fire truck when you put it in a fireman's hat and you drove by in the rain and that was the end of it. And I was so disillusioned. That's so sad. Isn't it? It's, I mean... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's so such a bummer when you're a kid and you, you know, we like commercials where stuff can fly, you know, where toys can fly and stuff. And then you get the toy and it oh, doesn't fly. Oh, the toy and the cereal. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started about the toy and the cereal. <sighs> when it's microscopic. Yeah. When you pull it out, you're like, this was supposed to be a ray gun. Yeah. It's so. It's the size of my yeah. fingernail. You know, what's crazy is that it's, in retrospect, it's like, how could it have fit in the cereal box if it was that much bigger, you know? Well, that's why they but, don't do it anymore, because kid, <laughs> how many kids died, do you think? Right, 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 Eating right, it. right, right, yeah, right. I, I'm obsessed that's, with cereals. I'm obsessed. Oh, I, obsessed. It's, I can't have cereal in my home, because I can eat, I, I would just eat the, all of it in one day. I mean- yeah. What is your favorite cereal? And you can say a healthy and a sugary. Mm. Or not, it doesn't have to be healthy. Can I tell you, I can make it easy. There is no healthy. Okay. I'm not interested okay. in, why would okay. I ever be interested in cereal that's not the type Okay. Okay. Um, I, if I have to pick one, all timer. But you can also mix some. Mm. So you, <laughs> so you can pick more than one. Hmm. I guess you can pick more than one. I am going. Oh, okay. Here's a good one. So my okay. healthy one is my favorite. Yeah. Healthy is life cereal. It's so life healthy. Life is so good. 
I, I discovered, I, I'll say this, I discovered life later in life. Me too, I because I thought it was too healthy. As a Same. I, and then Same. I tried it and I was like, this is, it sort of uh, reminds me of Crispix. I had, I liked yeah. Crispix a lot when I was little. Life yeah. is so good. So good. And and I like both the cinnamon and the reg, the yeah. uh, original. <laughs> I prefer um, the original, but I understand. I understand. The cinnamon. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, um, hang on, because there's a lot of, it's the, um, uh, oh, 100%, it's Cocoa Puffs. Interesting. But then again, you start talking about, you know, I'm not going to sleep on uh, peanut Lucky butter, Char- Captain Crunch or Lucky Charms. See, I see that's that's very like my brother is to like the like Cocoa Crunch, peanut butter, that stuff. I'm more of a Lucky Charms uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. But if that, I'm going cinnamon, I'm going cinnamon life. I see. I, I can see that. I also really like um, I also really like frosted mini wheats, which is definitely a sugar cereal. Wow, that, that's, that's really interesting. That's that takes me back because I remember when they didn't when they came out and they were like they put that but glaze on it. Yes. It, Here's my thing on that. You know what my thing on that is? I like to eat it without the milk because the milk makes the glaze come off of it and defeats the whole purpose. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. To me, it's, uh, I like that it, when it's soaked up some of the milk, I think it's a little. Do you drink the milk when the cereal's done? Cause I think that's gross. I think it's gross, gross, beyond gross, gross, gross. Date over if that happens. What I would normally do is I would fill, I would, I would fill the leftover milk with more cereal. Yes. And that's kinda, fine. Yeah. But would I drink the milk? Probably. Do you know that like? Do you know that places like Milk Bar? Do you, are you familiar? Sell like yeah. Have like a cereal milk like yeah Ooh. milkshake and stuff. Oh, well, it's a in- milkshake. Well, I have there's there's an ice cream that I have that has Lucky Charms in it. That sounds great. You have to buy it in advance. Although I have such a complicated relationship with Lucky Charms because yeah, me I never know if I really want to have just like a spoonful of it, just go in blind, take whatever you get. Or sometimes I get like a little obsessive over like, I'm going to leave the marshmallows for the end because they're so good. Then you're starting eating sort of all marshmallows and milk and you're like, did I make the right choice? I don't think you did. I, I don't think I don't that think is the so right either. choice at all. I, I, I think they're mixed for a reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, and 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 I also don't like. Again, I want to be in the board meeting. I'm obsessed with stuff like this, where they go, "We need to update the marshmallows," and they like the rainbow. Like I'm I'm suspicious about the the rainbow, the rainbow, because yeah. it has so many because it has so many colors in it, and I'm like, yeah, the colors. Each color is supposed to be a taste, right? Blue is tastes like blue, right? Right, and. Green should taste like whatever green tastes like. Um, and there's a lot of colors there. And I just don't, I, I, I'm, I just, I'm suspicious of it, of the taste of it. I don't, I don't think they differentiate. I don't think they make the different colors. I Ooh, think they all. It's all marshmallows taste, you're telling me? I think me? they're all. These all yeah. I think Let's they we all do taste, taste the test. same. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I think they all are the same. I, I don't know. I mean. Look, they're doing something right. I mean, they're they're doing really. Do you now? Let me ask you this: Do you have cereal in your home? I would like, not have it in my home if it were up to me. But because we are, um, my sons are back uh, from COVID, 
there we do. We have, they want, we have okay. lucky charms there. And and you and cinnamon like- life. I mean, and like I I I have to really I have a sugar tooth and I have to fight Same. it badly. Yeah. And and so I my my way to fight it is when I get that thing I have an Atkins this is gonna sound weird, an Atkins chocolate banana shake. And it tastes like a milkshake. And it's great for you. And then I don't have the um, the cereal. Then you don't have the cereal. That's my good comfort. For That's you. where I go for my comfort thing. Yeah. That's totally. good that you have that because I feel like cereal is like such a slippery slope. I mean, obviously there's worse things you could have, but. You can't stop eating. The problem is you can't. You you're start. Like a dog. Yeah. It's like you're a dog. Like a dog will eat itself to death. That's what it is with. with cereal. <laughs> and somebody told, someone just recently told me and it, it was like a big aha moment for me. It's probably like. No kidding, you big idiot. But like the un the, the processed sugar, your body can't there's no it doesn't exist in nature. And so your body is trying to get the nutrients out of it and keeps going, okay, give me more, because there's no nutrient. I didn't get any nutrients from that. Okay, oh, I didn't get any nutrients from that. Okay, I didn't get any nutrients from that. And that's why you cannot stop. That's why if you have a couple of things of an ice that's cream next to you, a so, pint is gone. That's that so interesting. interesting. Isn't it? It may not even be true, but that's what I, that's the way I heard it. And yeah, it seems like it is true though. Sometimes if I, if I hear something and it's helpful to me, I don't really care if it's true. Yes. You know, 100%. What are, what are we looking out for? You know, sorry, it's to the, you know, what are your The truth police. Yeah. yeah, we're not, we're looking for, I think at this point, what's helpful over, you know, necessarily. Do you, you know, do you want the truth? Sure. Do you need it? Probably not. No. I think if we've established one thing this year, it's that. Yes. Truth is overrated. It's overrated. And look, we can survive without it. Barely. But. Look, if a a lack of truth, a lack of scientific truth is going to screw up our environment, at least it's going to make me stop eating life cereal. Yeah. That's right. And isn't at the end of the day, it's all about me. priorities. And <laughs> yes, yeah. <It's> about me. <laughs> that's where I was getting. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I just you're too kind to say it. So I just I just I just I just said it for you. Didn't make uh, me this, this is so fun. I'm so thank you for coming on here. This is thank really you for having me. I was very excited to do this. This was so much fun. And it's so nice to virtually meet you. I know, I know. I, I hope I, our paths cross and, and um, tell your, is your brother the one who's been texting you my Tommy yes. Boy dialogue? Yes, yes. I will, oh I will tell him you said hello. Tell him I actually did say that my shoes are, are worth more than his life. I will. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he'll love that. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, hopefully I'll see you soon, as Lauren would say. This is yes. great. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you later. See you later. All right. That was so fun. I don't know about you, but I am so down to clown with her idea of her TV series taking place in QVC. I'm there. I'm there. And for the rest of the day, I'm going to be eating (laughs) cereal and thinking about what was it? Casa Zeta Jones. Uh, That's. The greatest name ever for a celebrity line of whatever that is. Um, I've learned a lot today. 
and I hope you have too. All right, it is time for the Lowdown Line. Hello, you've reached literally in our Lowdown Line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob, this is Joe in Memphis. I have a sports question for you. Do you agree with me that uh, Tom Brady is a lizard person? I think there's uh, some compelling evidence. I mostly go back to, uh, well, among other things, he doesn't age uh, like a normal human being. He's won an inordinate amount of Super Bowl rings. But my bigger thing is the clues given to us by Bill Belichick. Um, Bill Belichick, I believe, is actually a hero for our society. He... um he, I think, in his own way, is trying to signal us that uh, that Tom Brady is a lizard person. He's never, uh, Bill Belichick never looks happy, even given all of the success he's had. He always looks like a grouch. He's, uh, I think, if we were to watch any of his press conferences, he would probably be blinking in Morse code. Watch out for Tom Brady. He's a lizard person. So I want to know where you fall, and if so, if he is a lizard person, should the Patriots and Tampa Bay be stripped of all their Super Bowl trophies? Thanks again, and I'll take my answer off the air. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I've given a lot of thought to this. Um, look, as lizard people go, I think, you know, I think it's it. he ticks all the boxes, Brady. Um, as you say, he's, uh, he's, he does not age. He's a, he's a freak of nature. It's very clear that Bill Belichick has been giving press conferences like prisoner of war videos for years. Um, in fact, I always wanted to do my interviews like Bill Belichick and, and I do, I do like that Brady is in the pretty boy hall of fame. That's more important than being for me, a lizard person is that he's a, pre, a, a, a very pretty man. And I have a very soft spot in my heart for, for pretty men. And I, I love to see him do well. Um, and if he is a lizard person, um, we, you know, it's made up for by the fact that he is, more importantly, extraordinarily pretty. Thanks, Joe. That was a good question. Until next time. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blair. Talent producer, Jennifer Sampas. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.